You are listening to We're Out There 0.4. Your man Night Train and Big AJ back at it. Back at after it. After a little little bit of a hiatus. Back on are. the scene, crispy and clean. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back on the eve of the Michigan-Illinois tilt that has the opportunity to decide the Big Ten regular season champion should Michigan win it tonight if Michigan takes a loss from the visiting fighting Illini tonight they will have two more chances against the Michigan State Spartans in a home and away to finish out the season if Michigan wins any one of these three games they are the undisputed that is correct regular season champion so very, really important game. Illinois is still clinging to hopes of that title. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the keys to victory tonight for the boys in maize and blue. But we're also going to talk just a mess like you have come to known us to do. And the first thing I want to address is actually a text that my man Big AJ hit me up with earlier today. In his text read, if Michigan beats Illinois tonight, I may question how good the Big Ten really is. I think this is a phenomenal text, a phenomenal talking point. And one of the reasons that I think it's a great talking point is because Michigan has gotten a lot of press lately after starting the season out, you know, running the table and mm -hmm. people, the feedback really being about Michigan's week schedule, et cetera. Right. Um, lately, the feedback has been pretty good. Michigan up to two mm -hmm. in the UP in the AP poll, jumping over Baylor, I think, in the coaches poll, too. In addition, Seth Davis uh, writes for The Athletic. He's on CBS, a longtime basketball talking head, actually promoted Michigan to number one in his rankings, which had me scratching my head a little bit. But that all points back to sort of what you talked about in that text if Michigan beats Illinois you may question how good the Big Ten really is what are you thinking there when you said that big AJ well what I was thinking is you know we're looking at Michigan just running rough shot through the Big Ten <laughs> so <laughs> you know of course me being you know a, a lifelong Michigan fan and a you know sort of pessimistic um, you know, I began to question the legitimacy of, of the, the record that, that Michigan has, um, that Michigan has at this point, you know, running through the conference at 13 and one, um, and basically, you know, even after going out for 21 days, um, with, uh, a, the COVID situation, they still come back in dominant fashion and win the next five. So, yeah. so that's why I sent you the text. Um, and the backdrop also, I should mention for those who haven't been paying as close attention, the big 10 has been reputed to be the toughest conference all yes. year long. Yes. But you know, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I then went ahead and looked at all the other conferences and I really can't find a better conference. <laughs> well, I think, I think, and you know, I think at this point in the year, it's pretty clear there are two top conferences in the country, yeah. the big 10 and the big 12. Yeah. You know, there's really no 
nobody else even comes close. The ACC is trash this year. Uh, watched some of that North Carolina Syracuse game last night. Syracuse took a big lead and ended up hanging on. And and it just now North Carolina is an enormous basketball team. If they don't have they don't have two seven footers on the court at all times, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But you know they didn't look good. Syracuse didn't look very good. And you know I just the ACC has been a mess this year. Typically, the ACC can be counted on to be right up at the right. top. Right. Yeah, just not very strong this year. Right. The SEC, particularly with Kentucky looking like they're not not even on the bubble of the tournament anymore. Um, the SEC not looking good. So, yeah, it's the Big Ten and the Big 12. We could talk more, you know, about the – and maybe we should before the tournament starts about the relative merits of each conference uh, stacking up against each other. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the, the Big Ten has been called the best conference in the land all year. And I admit I also began to have begun to wonder a little bit, you know, mostly because if the Big Ten is the best conference in the land, then Michigan is better than anybody is giving yeah, them credit for, that, basically. That would, that would make them the number one team. Right. Yeah. And, and- yeah. You know what, Nate? Um, looking at looking at Baylor, they had a similar situation. Although I did uh, con- uh, find out today that they actually were hit pretty hard. Uh, their players had COVID. Right. Likewise, and yeah. I think you know that that situation ends up being comparable to Michigan State's as opposed to Michigan's. Correct. But go on. But go on. Correct. But but uh, I didn't catch the, their loss the other day, but. Um, I, I was catching some of the, the recap and, um, you know, some analysts were saying that they looked a little fatigued um, and and that may be a direct result, obviously, of being off the court, but but COVID as well. Um, so I really hope that's not the case, but, um, you know, I hope there's no long term effects for those guys. Um, yeah, really well said. The you know, and and we should mention as we speak, Baylor has just tipped against West Virginia, huge game. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's gonna wrap up right as the Michigan game is starting. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, but I did feel that uh, Baylor was probably better than Gonzaga um, prior to the COVID situation, um, and I actually am more afraid of Baylor at least um, prior to the COVID um, situation. But uh, I've watched Gonzaga a couple times, and they looked just dominant early. But their schedule has been straight trash. They Their conference is, is not good. Right. They're- and that's that his year in and year out has become the biggest problem for me in terms of evaluating yeah. the Bulldogs is that – they play some tough non-conference teams at the yeah. beginning of the year, yeah. but the beginning of the year is the beginning of the year. When you're talking about the blue blood programs, right. you know, your Duke, Kentucky, these are, these are raw freshmen coming in. So right. what they look like in money time at the end of the season is always different. Yeah. That's so, a good you know, call, man. It's really hard to get a gauge on how good Gonzaga actually is. Yeah. And then they, and then they run through, you know, these, these like, low low, not hardly even mid you can't even call them mid-major teams they run through a a schedule of low major teams right and then they pop up 
for the tournament. <laughs> and, you know, that's tough for Gonzaga, too. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I would hate to be in that situation if I, if I were them uh, because it makes anything short of winning a title look like a failure almost every year. Now, this year, same thing, exact same thing is occurring. And just like you said, they look great when I saw them early in the year. I haven't bothered to watch them play, you know, against St. Mary's uh, and everyone else in their conference. The rest of their conference is down this year. It's not, you know, even for that conference. So, um, well said. But back to the point about Baylor, uh, you know, compared to Michigan, I watched Baylor play, and I think they look like they have the edge athletically. Yes, they do. You know, against Michigan, they look like a team who is playing defense similarly to the way Michigan plays. They're up up in your face. But – being a little more athletic, you know, that looks a little more dangerous from them. And then you would like to give Michigan the edge on shooting, but the fact is Baylor has been the best three-point shooting team in the country. So, yeah, yeah, so we'll see what Baylor looks like coming back. And I, you know, but I agree with you that it's it's hard for me at this time to say that I think Michigan is better than Baylor or Gonzaga. It's just hard unless, yeah, but I don't, you know, it's so it's a it's going to be difficult to figure this out until we see them on the court against each other. I hope yeah. that happens in the in the tournament. Um, let's switch our our well, and I actually wanted to just make a couple other observations about teams um, because I had an observation about Michigan State okay. a couple games ago. You know, they came out, they blew the doors off Illinois. That game ended up being a nine-point win for the Spartans. Yeah. But it really was not that close. Uh, You know, the officiating was a bit of an issue. I'll give them that. Illinois' team completely melted down, Mm -hmm. you know, regarding the bad officiating, and that really affected them on the court. Yeah. So that would be something to watch tonight. Should they get a few bad calls, let's see how that team responds. But what I wanted to mention is the Spartans – are playing a different kind of basketball. Yeah. They're, they're trying to – they look like they're pushing the ball harder. They're, they're relying less on on offensive sets and more on going to the basket, getting a shot up early in the clock. And, and you know, they beat Illinois. They beat Ohio State. They took yeah. a loss to Maryland. But Maryland has been playing better of late. And I think Maryland is actually pretty well suited to play that style of game. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the game, so I just wanted to say that that with Michigan State playing differently, bets are kind of off. I'm curious to see these last two games Michigan plays against them. And what it had me thinking, and just then then we'll get to this game, thinking about Wisconsin and the way that Wisconsin has, has really underperformed and underimpressed this year, mm-hmm. they are last in pace in the Big Ten. That's pretty typical for them. Right, exactly. And that's what I wanted to say. I think Wisconsin would be better pre- better put to take a page out of Michigan State's book here and kind of reinvent themselves a little bit as mm-hmm. the season ends because their big guys are not good defensively. No. Both of them, but yeah. they can both shoot, and they're both good offensive players. I think Wisconsin, this this team, although their defensive numbers are still good, you know, they, uh, their defensive rating, in fact, um, is second in the Big Ten. 
and that's supposed to be pace adjusted. So, you know, it tells you they're still playing decent defense, but I think Wisconsin needs to start running and gunning, if you ask me. Um, but Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying offensively. I, th- I think they should look to get a shot up earlier, but, but they run that old school, you know, they want to move the ball. Um, they want to, you know, go side to side, up, you know, maybe once or twice and use the shot clock. Right. That's part of their, you know, that's, that's why they, their defense is very efficient because they kind of wear you out. I mean, that's, Agreed. yeah, that's the style. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I think that style has paid off for them in the past. And I'm just saying, despite the fact that their defensive rating is still really good this year, I think their style is part of what's hurting them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. let's jump forward. Biggest game in the big 10 regular season is tonight, Michigan, Illinois. You got two teams that are currently slated for number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. A lot can still happen, but you got Michigan coming in at 13 and one in the Big Ten, 18 and overall. Illinois coming in at 14 and four in the Big Ten. So they've played five or four more games than mm-hmm. Michigan has in the Big Ten. And coming in at 18 and six overall. Mo- Pretty much all of Illinois' losses, except for the Michigan State loss, have been decent losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be a battle. The The line at the beginning of the day actually had Michigan up giving eight and a half points, wow. which I was surprised about. The que- There was a big question, is Io DeSumo playing or not? Yes. Did some online sleuthing, and I could, could not find confirmation, but I will tell you this. I found a photo – Actually, my boy across the street, the Ant Man, Mr. Anthony Santarelli, <laughs> he found he he found me a photo of Io at today's shoot around. Now, a guy in the shoot around is going to be in the shoot around regardless. We know he's mm-hmm. traveling with the team, so he's going to be whether he's playing or not. However, I asked, "Hey, does it look like he has a mask on?" Because if he has a mask on in the shoot around, yeah, he's playing. He's playing because he's yeah. getting ready. He's trying to figure that you know the comfort level with the mask out, and it looked like couldn't from a picture from behind, some internet sleuth kind of highlighted how it looked like there was a band wrapping around his head. That was the only picture I saw. We're going to have to do better at getting insiders, but looks like IO is playing in my opinion, based on the fact that he was wearing a mask at the shoot around. So, well, good work. Good work. Yeah. Your, your man, and on the street, <laughs> <laughs> my man, and on the street, figuring it out. He's going to be glad he is an Illinois fan. Of course, all these people mm-hmm. around here are, but all right. So, Biggest game of Michigan season so far. Give me one key to victory tonight for the Wolverines. Big Johnson. My key for tonight's game, um, the last two games, uh, Wagner and Livers scored 21 and 16. Wagner went for 21, Livers for 16, both games, last two games. Um, And then Hunter, Hunter Dickinson was 14 and 13, respectfully. My key for today's game is Wagner and Livers uh, continuing that run of 21 and 16. So if they can um, uh, come with that stat line, and as I brought up to you earlier, if Hunter can can get Coburn in foul trouble, which I do believe he can, 
those are my keys to Michigan's victory tonight. Okay. So we're calling Michigan going over. So that would be Wagner and Livers combining to go over 37. Yes. 37 or over. And you got a Michigan W coming off that. I love it. Yep. I'm going to pause on that on that second half of that key there because I want to expand on that. Sure, sure. So second key to the game, and this this goes both ways, foul trouble on at the five spot. Yeah. You've got Kofi Coburn, Illinois' seven-foot, 285-pound action figure in the middle. He is the Big Ten's leading rebounder. He's the fifth leading scorer. He can do a phenomenal job defensively and strength-wise. There's nobody in the country who right. can move him around. Hunter Dickinson has been clearly a key to the Michigan offense. Mm-hmm. At this point in the year, we clearly lose a lot with Austin Davis playing big minutes Yes, compared to Dickinson. So – Whichever big fella can get the other one in foul trouble, if it can happen, that to me is that's the second key of the to key to the game. Yeah. Will Coburn or Dickinson get into foul trouble? Watch that closely. And you know, that puts a lot of pressure on the refs because officiating Coburn, as I've watched these games this year, is a lot like officiating Shaq was. Guys, yeah. guys hit Coburn and he does not get the benefit of the call because he doesn't move. Right. You know, they're, they're, right. guys aren't moving him. <laughs> they're striking him, but they're not moving him. If I also will say that Dickinson has shown earlier in this year that he's had a little bit of trouble with guys who just straight up outstrength him. Now, he mm-hmm. did a great job with Garza. So that's later in the year. Right. But Liam Robinson earlier in the year would get, mm-hmm. was, gave him a lot of trouble in Michigan's only loss against Minnesota. Liam Robbins, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I think Coburn could have a similar effect on Dickinson. So I really think the 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 fact that both teams love to play through the five spot. If one of these two guys gets in foul trouble, that's really going to alter the game. So key number two, right there. Agreed. I've got a key number three for you. Do you want to go? You got another key, or should I jump in? I do have a key. I do have a key. Um... For Illinois, in Michigan's only loss this year, Minnesota jumped out on them early. So if Illinois can jump out on them early, we haven't seen um, Michigan. Well, it's only happened really once. (laughs) And Minnesota jumped out on them and, and they just destroyed them. That was Michigan's only loss. If Illinois can jump out on them, um, I think that's, that's a key for Illinois. Can they mm. do that? Okay, good call. Now, Michigan did on their return from COVID go down oh, that's four, right. Wisconsin 14 to Wisconsin. But but I, I think uh, Minnesota went up almost 20 on them early. Not only that, though, like um, Hunter Dickinson was really challenged. Like um, I, I'm forgetting the, the guy's name in Minnesota. Robbins. Robbins, that's Robbins, right. You yeah. brought him up. Um, Robbins really took it to him and he, re- and, and Hunter Dickinson really lost his nerve. Like it, remember Juwan kept taking him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And let him, he yeah. watched most of that game from the bench. Too. He did. He yeah. did. But that was an early lesson for him. So like if, if, 
I'm just curious, um, is Illinois going to, you know, feed Coburn the rock early? How's Michigan going to defend that? Are they going to protect uh, Hunter and, and vice versa? Um, is If I was Illinois, um, I would definitely run a double team um, every time Hunter got the ball in the post because I would be afraid Coburn would foul out. Like that, that would be my defensive strategy if I was mm. Illinois. Yeah. That's a good call. And yeah. we, you know, we, we've seen that really is teams have had more success doubling Hunter Dickinson, the big HD, yeah. than really any other defensive strategy that we've, right. but, we've seen. But what's been happening is teams have been doing that, but Hunter will move the ball. And that's why, you know, you get, you get Wagner and Livers. I think their points go up uh, when they do that. But so it's like a double-edged sword, but um, if you're Illinois, you probably don't want um, Hunter Dickinson with all that skill going at your big man. You know, I, I just I, I think he would he would uh, he would get him in foul trouble, especially as important as he is to the team's success. Right. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah, that's a, that's well said. It will be interesting to see how Michigan attacks Coburn in the beginning of the game against Iowa. You could see that Michigan was trying to take the ball at Luca Garza. There was yep. some thought to get him out of the game. Yep. Now Garza didn't bite. Right. You know, they, they were unable to pick up fouls on Garza. So I mean, really that he 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 picked up a hook and hold early on, and that was about that was his fault. Yeah. That was that was on the <laughs> offensive end. Right. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to see how Michigan plays that. Michigan has shooter guys capable of banging down jumpers all over the court and they, you know, they shoot well at home. So, uh, you know, if I was Illinois, it's clearly pick your poison time when you're looking at it, when you're playing a team with one loss. So we'll see how they go, you know, what strategy they prefer. I think that's an interesting call on your part. And mm-hmm. I think you're likely to be right. Yeah. <clears throat> My next and probably final key to the, tonight's game, the freshman for Illinois, Adam Miller, five-star freshman. He was about he was 29th in the nation, biggest recruited uh, for Illinois coming into this year. And then the less heralded but really impactful Andre Curbelo, who we mentioned yeah. a couple you know a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, he went for 17 last game. And he, he is fun to watch. I'm excited to see him play. He is sixth in the Big Ten in assists per game. Mm-hmm. That's with the fact that Io DeSumo is first. Curbelo is still sixth. Yeah. You know, he, he really is. He's, he's, he's a show out there. He's fun to watch. Now, he's also near the top of the Big Ten in turnovers per game. So, you know, he is a feast or famine guy. Also feast or famine, Adam Miller, who is averaging, he had, he is sixth in the Big Ten in, in f- three-point attempts this year. He's averaging close to six threes attempted a game. In Illinois losses, he's hitting a quarter of his threes. Mm. Now, in Illinois victories, he's up to about 37%, so close to, closer to 47%. So I'm just saying right now, the the performance of the Illinois freshman will really tell the tale. If okay. Adam Miller is hitting threes, Michigan 
might have a big time fight on its hands. If Curbelo is not turning the ball over, Michigan might have a big fight on their hands. But those are two important and lesser known, lesser heralded Illini to watch. Adam Miller, freshman forward, and the freshman point guard, Andre Curbelo. Yeah, those are pretty, those are two pretty good calls. I like those. Now, any other thoughts you've had on the on Illinois tonight uh, or Michigan tonight? Uh... No, I just I was just kind of looking at the last five games for both teams. Um, obviously, Michigan's won all five. Illinois is four and one with the one loss to Michigan State. You brought up the details of that loss, so they're both coming in playing pretty well. Um, so I'm looking for a good game. Um, I just think we're what we're seeing with Michigan, though, um, basically they they're deep. I mean, just defensively, the, the last two games, um, they've given up 57 points. And uh, like I said, Wagner and Livers are, are really on like in sync right now, you know, and I, I love the way they're driving the ball, attacking the rim. Um, so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for Michigan to win this game. Um, but I, I like your keys. I like your, your spotlights on the, on the young guys for Illinois. Um, but I, I honestly think Michigan's going to be prepared for all that. And, you know, I'm actually looking for, a a could be decisive victory, but definitely you said the line is around eight. Yeah, it may have changed depending on how the money came in one way or the other, but the line was eight and a half points Michigan was giving up. Eight uh, and a half. I, I, think they, I think they know something, you know, like it could, yeah, it could be a 10-point win. Um, eight and a half, I've never really comfortable. That's that's a lot, and, I, and that's kind of disrespectful <laughs> in my opinion uh, for Illinois, or yeah, for Illinois. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm – Definitely lean to Michigan. I, th- I think they've got the advantage. They're, they're really deep right now. They're playing really well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, you mentioned early on that that as a longtime Wolverine fan, you know, that you tended towards some pessimism. And one yeah. thing I've identified in myself completely is, is pessimism has been my defense, <laughs> not to get my expectations up too high. Yeah. But I see Michigan coming home. Locking up the Big Ten title tonight. I, you yeah. know, also if Io Desumu doesn't play, obviously, then yeah, I, everybody in the country is going to pick, you know, is picking yeah. Michigan. But I will he, say, I think he's going to play, man. He had a broken nose. I don't know how bad it was, but he's been out the last couple. So I don't know why they would hold him out for this game. Right. You know, just speculating on that real quickly, I was wondering if he had maybe he was concussed. Yeah, it, and uh, yeah. dealing with concussion symptoms because otherwise, I don't. In the heat of a Big Ten race, I don't see a guy sitting out for a broken nose when they can put these totally inflexible shield, you know, masks right, right. on that really. That's a, that's a very good point. Protect everybody point. else. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll find out later on. He was dealing with a concussion. Uh, real last thing, really quickly, just because we said it, you mentioned this very early on, and I'm sorry I didn't bring it up earlier. I meant to. This is where. Uh, you know, we're rusty from the layoff on the podcast, but um, you know, you mentioned earlier in the year, you thought Illinois was a bad mashup for Michigan. Yes. Yeah. 
Why don't you just say a few things about that and then we'll jump off the pod? Uh, well, I just, DeSumo is, he's a big guard. Um, and I like the way he, he drives. Um, they have shooters. Um, if, I mean, they're streaky, you know what I mean? They're streaky, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I just think Coburn is a, is just a monster. And I, and I just thought Michigan didn't have an answer for him this year early on. I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I defensively, especially against Garza, you know, big HD, he, uh, he showed he could play some D. <laughs> you know what I mean? No question. No question. Really, yeah. really impressive. Yeah. He, against Garza and then the and then the second best, most right. prolific big man in the conference, Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, he shut him down. He had three points in the first half. Shut him down half yeah. the season average. Yeah. And this is something that I want to compliment the Michigan team on, you know, Michigan gets talked about playing good defense. And I think this is because people are looking at the stats and you don't hear this mentioned, but what Michigan does better than any team in the country so far this year, their verticality when they challenge at the rim has been impeccable. Yes. When Michigan challenges guys at the rim, they don't give up a lot of fouls that way and they get good challenges in and that has not been mentioned, but it's it's something I think everybody should watch when you're watching Michigan play defense. Hunter Dickinson. Now Austin Davis gets called for fouls all the time <laughs> still, but that's Austin. He's, Davis. he's not the most he's not the most graceful they have. <laughs> right. He's not nimble. He's not graceful. Uh so okay. Well, thanks for your thoughts on that. Sorry, I should have brought that up earlier. But no, that we'll, was a uh, great point. I actually noticed that last game in particular and um how they like really jump straight up and down at the rim, you know? Yes. And I yes. noticed that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was last. Good. Thank you, man. Last thing, just going to, going to tease this out. We'll we will be talking about Franz Wagner at some point soon, maybe a little bit of a deeper dive on him. I want to say this Franz Wagner, if you don't know, is leading the nation in box plus minus. He's coming he's, on. I'll he's leading that. the nation. Yeah. And it just underscores the fact that he has been productive in all categories for Michigan mm-hmm. all year and has not really gotten that much juice because he's only scoring 14 a game. Right. You know, so we'll see what happens tonight. My man, Big Johnson, you are, as always, the original triple threat. You put the Euro and the step in Euro step. <laughs> you got it. Thank you so much. Both of us predict if I didn't already say it, a Wolverine victory tonight, I predict they lock up the Big Ten title. It's celebration night in Ann Arbor. But we'll see how it plays out on the court. We'll come back and recap it for you next. So thank you so much for being with us. This is We're Out There with your man, Night Train, and Big J, peace out. Peace out, my friends.